everybody it's matt with the dpi podcast how are you doing tonight um we've got a big show for you so it's gonna be uh we'll we'll try and keep it as tight as possible but um i'm gonna have peter on at least as part of the audio um unfortunately he's not coming across in the video today so again i'm having a few camera issues but not a big deal um so what i'm gonna do real quick is bring him over um if you saw our socials, those are going to be the best way to get a hold of us. Check down here at the bottom of the screen. All of them are going to be scrolling across. So, Peter, you know. What's going on as far as earnings with Disney right now? So, Disney earnings came across. Um, they had their earnings call last week. And the big thing that came across was they are operating right now at a fourth quarter loss of like $2.4 billion. Is there anything to be surprised about there? I don't, I don't think so. I mean, even, you know, you just got to consider Disney as a, as a company. Um, I don't remember the exact number, but when I, when I heard it, I remember being startled. Um, Magic Kingdom uh, like every day has an average annual income of like a hundred million a day or something like that, or, or like, and not, not net income, um, gross amount of money that like comes in via park tickets and concessions. Yeah. And, and um, just like, I remember hearing the number and it was just like an insane number that I thought there's no way that's a real number. Um, so so you consider like just, you know, Magic Kingdom operating at 25% capacity. Sure, their staffing's at 25% capacity, but their earnings are also at 25% capacity. Um, and you could also argue that, um, like I know me specifically, when I went on my trip, because I couldn't get the dining plan, I was much more frugal with the additional expenses because I knew that in my week, I was going to be facing around $2,000 in, in just food budget. So I hadn't paid for, you know, my $1,500, $1,600 dining plan in advance. I did everything I could to like minimize and mitigate all the souvenirs and extra things like drinks and everything else like that. Um, and, and in hindsight, I would, I mean, I probably would have had a, a thousand, fifteen hundred dollar room service bill um, without paying for all of my, like with all my food covered up front. So um, I don't think there's anything surprising about the numbers. You know, they're open, but they're not open in nearly the sense that they've been open in the past. So um, again, it's, it's really difficult times, really difficult things going on for so many different people. 
Um, so, you know, again, sort of a blessing that they found a way to even run and operate it all and that um, they're able to kind of keep this going. And uh, yeah, I guess, I guess that's all, all there is really to say. What, what are you thinking about that number um, that they posted? Yeah, I mean, I, I think I think that the two big takeaways I have from that number is, you know, you don't have your cruise line and you don't have Disneyland open for that period. So this this fourth quarter for them would have ended at the end of October or at the end of September, because October, November, December will be their quarter fiscal quarter one, basically um, for 2021. But, you know, there were a lot of things that else that were announced on that call. You know, they basically came out and said Disneyland's not going to be open until 2021. They aren't even thinking about it until fiscal quarter two uh, for 2021, which would start on January the 2nd. Um, a couple of things from Magic Kingdom to be aware of. It sounds like the park capacity at some point increased to 35%. Um, it was running about 25%. 35% is a 40% jump. Um, but in the scheme of things, most parks, 1,500 to 2,000 more people. That's about it. Um, it's not, not a huge jump. Yeah, and we, um, so travel agents received that, that news as well about a week ago saying that park capacities were increasing um, as well, just like for our own knowledge on clients and, and park availability. Like you said, still um, at 35% capacity, you got to remember that that's capacity. So uh, you got to sort of take that 35% with a grain of salt because capacity, I think they're running their capacities off of phase three numbers. For those of you that don't know, Disney sort of has three phases of filling. They'll go into phase one filling. Magic Kingdom reaches phase one filling quite frequently during the holiday season. Every year it reaches it during 4th of July, Easter, all of those big times of the year. Um, and at phase one, they're still letting in platinum pass holders, people with dining reservations, people with fast passes. Um, this is all previously, obviously. And then in phase two, it shrinks even narrower. And it's not really until phase three that they say, hey, nobody else is allowed in the park uh, and start doing more of like a one in, one out type situation. Um, so, so phase three numbers, 35%, I would say that you're estimating that the crowds would be at about 50% of normal if, if they were just running like unchecked standard um, park entry like they would. So I would say that the parks are gonna, are gonna feel probably about half as full as they might normally. And again, you have to think about, okay, but the ride queues are way expanded, so it's gonna feel busier. Um, you know, I stood in line for Peter Pan and I was all the way down by Memento Mori and I was coming back up towards Peter Pan. So I had to like walk down to Columbia Harbor House, turn around and come all the way back up um, in order to like go through the queue of Peter Pan, just for an example of, of kind of how spread out all of this stuff is. So 35% capacity, 10% more, how you're going to feel that. Like I said, I would, I would say that the parks are going to feel about 50 to 60% as busy as maybe they normally would right now as they head into that phase. Yeah. And, you know, uh, again, 35% capacity, not a huge deal. I don't think that's going to, 
once you get past kind of the crush of the morning and get out of that main hub of each park, you're really not going to feel that a whole lot. It's going to be more of a, hey, there's a lot of people here, but it's not a big deal. I, I don't I don't think it's going to be, you know, noticeable 25% to 35% for most people. No, especially um, if the parks, I mean, the, a lot of the parks weren't even filling to full capacity on all three phases. So, um, you know, you kind of expect that as well with the 35% bump, maybe it just gives a little bit more annual pass holder ability, a little bit more resort guest into Hollywood studio ability. And like you said, Matt, once you, if you, if you choose to get to the park, I mean, the parks are basically operating, they're opening about an hour early is, is the, the honest truth to it. So you can board most transportation about an 30 minutes to an hour before the scheduled park time. And once a line starts building up outside of security, they open the gates because it's a health and safety issue. So if you choose to go in that first, you know, two hours, hour before the hour after the park, then yeah, you're going to feel like there's a lot of people. But like you said, once you get out of that main trap area, Boy, the midways just felt wide open. I mean, walking through Batu was the emptiest I'd ever seen it. And I've been there quite a few times. So um, exactly what you're saying. I, I still think you're you're going to enjoy Disney and feel a little bit more space than normal. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing that came out of there is that um, the park pass availability for the holiday season was about 77% booked. That's a pretty precise number from disney but um when you go through and you look at what's available if you're an annual pass holder you aren't getting into hollywood studios basically from thanksgiving to new year's right now uh magic kingdom starting to book out on a few days especially on christmas um so there's there's a lot of a lot of people that are going a lot of the park passes are being picked up right now but something we'll talk about a, a little bit later in the show, hotel availability is actually really, really good right now. Yeah, they, uh, you're absolutely right. That's why Disney's running so many of those little, you know, we talked about specials last week. Disney's running sort of unprecedented specials that go all the way through Christmas right now. They Normally it would end two or three days before Christmas, and then it would pick back up again you know, second week of January to where you could book specials. So, um, so if you're sitting there thinking, well, shoot, like even if you're an annual pass holder, if you're sitting there going, well, shoot, I can't get availability into these parks. Well, go stay on site, right? Because if you stay on site, then it slides you into a different tier of individuals because now you're also a resort guest. So a um, couple of different ways to, to look at it and think about it. And it does, it does feel like, they're sort of opening hotel availability as needed based on that park reservation system as well. Um, that's like one of the first things I'm telling clients right now. I've got people booked out in like June of next year that I said, hey, I know this sounds silly. We're nine months away from that. But tell me what park you want to go to each day because we're going to book your park reservations. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, and, and looking at, Looking at next year right now, um, Magic Kingdom for annual pass holders on the 50th anniversary day is gone. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense, right? Annual yeah. pass holders are a little bit more Disney knowledgeable. Yeah. So it makes sense that the flagship park is uh, booked up. 
So, yeah, so, you know, we got some good news um, in the sky yesterday at Magic Kingdom. So there was some fireworks testing going on. Um, They just completed a big renovation to the fireworks pad that's out there beyond the back of the park. And for a few hours last night, they were just throwing up fireworks, which is kind of cool. We still don't have anything from Disney officially on when they're going to bring back fireworks, but it was just nice to see some fireworks in the sky from Disney. Yeah, I agree with you. And I think it's more about the renovation that they're doing back in that area that you're referring to is the whole like Tom Sawyer Island and back behind the rivers of America. And um, so for the the Liberty um, Liberty Bell, the, the boat ride yeah. back there, so that channel's drained. And so I don't know if you read into the fireworks as, hey, it's getting close to coming back or if you more read into the fireworks like your first point hey, we rebuilt our launching, and so we're testing our launching. So, uh, you know, I haven't seen any any news, but of course it's Disney. So Disney tomorrow could be like, hey, uh, Wishes is back tomorrow. Like, <laughs> that's, that's honestly, we were we went down there and we were just kind of like holding out an absolute fool's hope that like Ratatouille would open because we saw that like all the placards were up and the fast pass availability, like all of that was posted. So every day when we drive the Skyliner in towards on our days in Epcot, I'd be like, is the JLG lib still there? Dang it. It's still there. Like, just, Oh, is the, is all of the wood blocking on the side of France up? Dang it. It's still up. Like you just never know with Disney, Disney tomorrow could just be like, Oh, red tattoos up. <laughs> well, and, and you know, you kind of lead me into the next kind of segment that I'm going to do. So let me get over to there real quick. Right, they gave a bunch of ride updates. Yeah, so yesterday was the beginning of IAAPA, which is kind of the amusement park's big convention for the year. And Disney took center stage yesterday and basically gave a ton of updates of things that are going on around the parks, things that are coming. And Ratatouille was one of the things that they talked about yesterday. And basically, it's ready to go, but they are not going to open it until 2021. Yep. You suck, Disney. This yeah. is supposed to be set summer of 2020. Yeah, and I knew it was ready. Like, you can tell. It was, like, the workers that were around were just, like, touching up the minor facade pieces and, and stuff like that. It's it's really cool to see. And if you're on the Skyliner, you can basically see the whole ride up. And you can see the ride queue. And it looks like they put sort of, like, um, that little crepe cart out front, I think, is getting its own stand like its own building back there right next to the ride entrance uh-huh uh, yeah so so there's like a crepery back there and it just looks like the streets of paris along a canal because you have you have the outside you have that little canal area going out to the friendship boats that that move you in boat transportation to the boardwalk and yacht and beach club and swan and dolphin and hollywood studios so it it just looks so cool but i could I could tell it was ready to go and it was just oh it just kills you to know like i went to hollywood studios a week before toy story opened and i was watching all the cast members go in for their previews just like no (laughs) (laughs) so um something else that came out yesterday was the splash mountain redesign so splash mountains getting overlaid with princesses and the frog and it sounds like that's going to get a fast track so 
who knows what a fast track means, but I'm going to guess that they're going to try and push that to be ready by October 1st of 2021. It's a fair guess. I really think it is. Um, yeah, I saw the word fast track and I was like, okay, that's not really a timeline. Yeah, uh, because they, the other ride that they've got going on there that's in in construction right now is Tron, and they gave absolutely no updates on that yesterday. So everybody that I've seen is basically saying 2022 now. Yeah, I don't know. So I did everything I could to see as much of Tron as possible. People Mover was still out of commission uh, but you can get a really good view of the Tron construction area from back by Barnstormer. Uh-huh. Uh, so it looks like from my glance at Tron, all of the track is done and they are currently working on the outdoor sections sort of um, like fate, well, facade, not yeah. to use that word again, but that's exactly what it is. It's all of, it's all of like the, the decorative pieces out around there that they, that they were working on. Um, we actually stood there for, we were in line for Barnstormer, so we got to stand there for about 10, 15 minutes and actually watch them crane up some of these pieces of, that are going to kind of like wrap up and over the track. I'm using my hands, and I realize you can't see my video tonight. <laughs> I'm like wrapping up and over yeah, the track. Yeah, but the, the canopy pieces, if you've seen the, the ride at Shanghai, that illuminated blue canopy that's up over the track, that's what Peter's talking about. Those are the pieces that they're putting in place right now, and that's about done. Right. So the the big question, though, is like, what's the inside of the building look like, right? So, yeah, yeah. So we really have no knowledge of what the inside of that building looks like and what they still have to do in there. But again, it could just sort of be like Disney's mystery. It could be ready by October as well. We just We just have no idea what the setback was and where they're at. It is a little bit disconcerting that they didn't give us a time update. But again, it could just be Disney kind of playing their cards close to the vest to then, you know, amp up excitement later on down the road. Yeah. So the other big coaster that they've got building right now, I guess big coaster isn't the best of words, but the Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind is going in over at Epcot. And yesterday they gave us a look at what those cars are going to look like. And I tell you what, these things are going to be really, really cool. Um, they have basically taken a roller coaster car and put it on another axis. So not only do you have the undulation and the twist, the turn, the pitch, all that of the track, the car is now going to turn as well on that track at, at the same time, which is really, really cool. Um, they've been touting this for a while that, as you're going through the ride, you're going to be shifted to show different scenes. So it was really cool to see one of these in action. Uh, Fox 35 in Orlando has a really good article about it if you want to check it out. I've got it up on the screen share right now. Yeah, those. Uh, so if you think about this, uh, the best one to liken this to is actually Journey into Imagination with Figment, in my mind. Um, so in Journey to Imagination with Figment, you're in a little ride vehicle on a track, and as you come into the different scenes with Figment, it turns your car, and it can turn the car up to 360 degrees to focus in on the scenes like you're talking about, Matt. And so you imagine this technology, they basically 
um, I, I forgetting off the top of my head, they, they have a name for that technology and then they like liken that name. Do you have that off the top? Well, the, uh, the way that they say it is it's a programmable roller coaster ride system where guests can be rotated along the ride track in any direction while traveling at high speeds. Yeah, they had like a they had like a, a catch name for the old system, and then the new system was like a a newer version of that, or, or like it had a hat tip back to that old system. But exactly what Matt's talking about, that's just it's going to be so interesting. Here's another thing that Cosmic Rewind can do: it is the first launch coaster of its kind that can launch backwards. So. That'll be really, you know, obviously the Cosmic Rewind that kind of like plays into, okay, so what does that mean? <laughs> uh, so I am I cannot tell you how excited I am for this ride. I'm excited for Tron. I'm excited for Ratatouille. Ratatouille to me seems like another, you know, Rise of the Resistance. It seems like another Mickey Mini Runaway Railway in terms of the ride vehicle free yeah, motion. Yeah, yeah. Not saying anything's wrong with that, but I read, I you know, I rode Mini, Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railroad, and I did. I was like, this is a really cool experience, but it's basically Rise of the Resistance. And then I looked at, like, Ratatouille, and it's going to be cool that every ride is unique on that because the scenes will vary and change as well. But still, I'm like, okay, but the ride vehicle is, like, Rise of the Resistance. Yeah, yeah. It seems like they're regurgitating that same concept a few times. I mean, they should. Yeah, it's, it's a cool. It's a cool system. Ride system for sure. Um, so this will be really, really cool because it's it's such it's so pioneering in in everything as Disney's known to do. So I can't wait for Cosmic Rewind to be ready to go. The um, Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout is uh, fantastic in California, where they took Tower of Terror and redesigned it. Uh, so I, I'm just excited to see. I'm excited to see more Marvel start to kind of pervade its way in to to the Disney parks. Still wondering about that rumor that they're creating a fifth campus that's going to be um, an entire Marvel-based park. I know we've speculated on this in the past on here, but well, they are we... putting that that land in. Was that land that's yeah, going to have? The... Yeah. So. You know, you're gonna you're gonna have a little bit of Marvel starting to come in over there. You know, there there there's a lot of speculation about that fifth gate. I don't see it happening anytime soon, especially with what's gone on, you know, the last year. But yeah, you know, know, it is what it is. We'll get to that eventually. I mean, eventually they're gonna have to add parks, add gates, add something because the demand's always gonna be there. Um going away from rides, let's talk about the Star Wars Hotel. The, oh, the, the, the Star Cruiser, what what is it, the Halcyon? Yeah, the Halcyon. So, um... Elite luxury spaceship. Yeah. Well, exotic ports. If, if you, um, if you look at the rooms, they don't, they don't scream elite luxury spaceship. They, they scream Star Wars. Hey man, this is a different galaxy. That is is an elite luxury starship. I looked at him. I was like, sweet man, the bunk beds and then the king right next to it. Ah, oh, heck yeah. yeah. I stay in there for two nights. Shan was like, which kid am I going to kick out of one of the bunks to sleep with you on the king? <laughs> <laughs> but no, I mean, yeah. I, oh I saw, God. I saw a lot of banter about this yesterday about people saying, Oh, you're paying so much for these rooms. You are paying for an experience 
and you've got to understand that that th- this hotel is going to be a one of a kind experience. Um, so the rooms are very, very, very what I would think like a crew member ship on a Star Destroyer would look like. Dude, it, it looks like a cruise ship, right? I mean, it looks very similar to some of the from some of the state rooms on some of these Disney cruise liners. I mean, at the end of the day, because that's what you're on, right? Yeah, the idea yeah. is that like, this is your quarters. And exactly like you're saying, it's a two-night, two-day immersive experience. We don't even know the details of the immersive experience. And I really feel like we're not going to know a lot of the details. But I do know that there are like covert jedi operations going to be taking place where you can like go into hidden areas of the ship and receive jedi training i know that there's going to be a first order presence i don't know if the first order is going to come in at a certain time and like search the ship for rebels or if the first order is always going to be present on this guy like you just the, the unknown is amazing and this is the first time where like you don't leave the ship other than a journey to Batuu in the same way that like you would leave a cruise liner for seven hours to, to like cast away K or something like that, just to, to throw the Disney, the Disney aspect into it. Yeah. So, yeah. It's going to be so cool. I am, I am so looking forward to going and doing that, that two nights and then probably like bundling on a Disney, like a Disney trip after that. Uh, it's just going to be amazing. It's going to be so remarkable. Yeah, I I think it's going to be really cool too. And I can't wait to hear the details that emerge from the the first media outing that's there. And if they do an annual pass holder thing there, you know, it's going to be really cool to kind of see what comes out of that. So let's move on real quick. And going to kind of hit a couple things really, really quick. Um, Space 220, the restaurant in Epcot, is actually going to open. Uh, we've we've heard yay, we've heard nay. They've gone through basically the ringer on trying to get this thing open. They've lost their head chef. They've been having issues with these glass panels that they are very large and very breakable, um, we have found out. And they have been waiting on... Uh, some replacements to come, but uh, you know, this is something that is coming. They showed the inside of this restaurant and it looks cool. This is the restaurant where you're going to be shot up 220 miles outside of our atmosphere. And you basically have a dining experience with a view. So um, really cool. Can't wait to see that. No timeline on it. Unfortunately, Um, that's something else that we've been waiting on. You know, the initial opening date was supposed to be around March of this year. Yeah, I know you were uh, sitting, waiting in anticipation, trying to grab that reservation multiple times. And I mean, I was right along with you because the original slate, we were thinking it was going to be winter of 2019 and into 2020. So we were hoping to like sneak a grab onto it. And then it pushed back and then the park shut down. And now exactly like you're saying, it's, that's going to be a really, again, you look at all the changes coming to Disney and boy, they are, they are really, really trying to break the mold for, for what, um, you know, think about like Ogus Cantina. We, that, that place is just so amazing. What an immersive experience to go sit down. Um, 
We're talking about the Star Wars Hotel. We're talking about Space 220. It is amazing because Disney was already an innovator and they're they're innovating innovation at this point. Like even Moana Journey of Water just seems like such an inch. You know, it's going to be breathtaking and astounding and and what they're going to do with this. Even you said all the little things. The little things are fantastic. Again, as long as, as I always tell, I always tell the dad, don't go expecting Cedar Point. Go expecting a story to be told. Yeah, yeah. And then the other thing that we we learned yesterday, and we kind of was a slip, it almost sounded like, but it sounds like there's going to be a relatively large expansion of virtual queues. Um, And what's going to go on with My Disney Experience and Disney Genie, which is going to be kind of the the next level of my Disney experience um, and things that are going to go on there. But the expansion of virtual queues is kind of cool. I don't know exactly how I'm going to like it, especially if, you know, it's a day of and not something that you can still do your 90 days out or whatever. You know, it takes away that ability for a person to actually book a room and get that advantage of booking early so that they can get, Fast pass windows, advanced dining reservation windows, that kind of stuff. So I'm interested to see how that works and, and what goes on with that. So two points. First of all, the Disney Genie, it seems amazing, but I really it's gonna kill me. It really is. <laughs> yeah, like I mean whole... it takes it takes the planning aspect out of it basically. Yeah, I mean I I'm sure there's still and I you know, I'm sure I'm still there's still gonna be people who are like, hey, can you help me through this? Can you help me through this? But that Disney Genie is so interesting. You basically go in, from what I've read about it, you basically go in and you select your likes, dislikes, give the heights of all your party members, and then it builds your fast passes. It it recommends your dining. It shows you dining windows that and how it like it, it's supposed to like bring and like take into account. Okay, well the fast pass that we're booking for it is there, and the dining is there, so it. Every time I read about the Disney Genie, I just sit there and go, that's what I do for my clients. <laughs> so um, it is, though, it's going to take it's going to take a lot of the guesswork and issue out of um, Disney planning for the individuals who don't necessarily go with a travel agent. I hope that people still do because, you know, there's still a level of, of kind of service and knowledge that comes along with working with a travel agent. And um, and then the second point that you brought up with the virtual queues. They didn't, you know, they, they slipped it, but they didn't really give a lot of information. So my big question is, is the virtual queue going to almost replace the FastPass system or are they going to bring back the FastPass system for everything and try to use that virtual queue for the newer attractions or the ones that get those bigger wait times like Flight of Passage and, you know, but at the same point, you just have no idea what they're playing with that virtual queue because Mickey's run, you know, Mickey and Minnie Runaway Railway put up a fast pass queue. Ratatouille put up a fast pass queue. Guardians of the Galaxy put up a fast pass queue. It just all of the, you know, Smugglers Run put up a fast pass queue. Rise of the Resistance put up a fast pass queue. So is is the park reservation system going to sort of like take place of the fast pass and that'll be the place that you go when you have your reservation or or not, I, I, it's just so, or are, can I like book a fast pass? And if I don't book a fast pass, can I use the park reservation system to get like 
day of fast passes. There's just so much, so much wonder and question with that, with such little information. Yeah, and I and I, I like I said earlier, I almost think they have to do it as an in addition to property because if they don't, they are really taking away that that need for people to book packages. Because when you start taking away that that need to book a package, they're going to lose money on dining reservations. They're going to lose money on secondhand tickets. A lot of different things are just going to start happening because they're they're not rewarding people for booking early with fast pass window with advanced dining reservation window. So I, I think it's got to be something that they have to do in addition to but we'll see what happens you know there's a lot still up in the air with that so i think we'll we'll get a better idea as they start i think you're going to see an expansion of virtual queues first before disney genie comes and then once disney genie comes who knows what the hell we're going to be dealing with from there yeah uh yeah not really much to add to that that's uh that's a really big question, and I sincerely hope you're exactly right. Like, if the dining plan doesn't come back, and there's no advantage to me if if me booking doesn't get me 30 days early at the ticket rise, then why do I not stay at the Holiday Inn Express for a hundred bucks a night versus, you know, Caribbean Beach at three hundred a night? you know granted sure you can go well, caribbean beach yeah i know i love caribbean beach i just had an amazing vacation at caribbean beach but i mean if you're you're talking okay so i can get a hotel for 200 dollars cheaper at night i can pay the 25 dollars for parking every day whatever and i'm gonna have to pay for dining anyway so whatever it just it just starts there's there's a lot of perk right now Booking at a Disney hotel lets you book a dining package, which is a huge dining saving. Booking at a Disney hotel lets you get access to, to fast passes 60 days out versus 30 days out. If they don't bring some of those things back, I, I just wonder what it's going to look like to your point. And, um, you know, only time will tell. And uh, unfortunately, we're still navigating through some very troubled waters of a pandemic. And nothing is going to change or happen or, you know, maybe the virtual queuing is going to expand for this pandemic time when the parks are running before they can get back to maybe the status quo or what we're sort of used to seeing. And the ultimate goal is to get back to what it was before or as close to that as we possibly could. So there's a lot of speculation. I would support the virtual queues coming online sooner than later for as long as the park operates the way it is right now, for sure. Like I would love to be able to get there and have different virtual queue opening windows to get your hands on some of those. So again, spread the crowds around in different places. I really felt that Disney was using the ride wait time to move the crowds to promote social distancing very, very strategically. There were times where I was in a busier part of the park and the ride lines were showing like 80, 90 minutes. But I looked at it and I was like, there's no way we're going to be on this thing in 15, 20 minutes because they were, because then you look over and like another area of the park was posting 15 minute wait times and you got there and you're like, 
that took every bit of 15, 20 minutes. It took maybe a little bit longer than what they posted. Yeah. But the area of the park was slower. So I, I felt there was a little bit of gamesmanship, you know, moving chess pieces around the board almost as I as I walked around. You know, Holly, I would say Hollywood Studios and Magic Kingdom, not so much in Epcot or or Animal Kingdom, just because those parks have, you know, just sort of less people and more pathways for people. Yeah, to yeah, kind yeah. Of no, that around. makes that makes a lot of sense. Um, the last thing that we're going to talk about tonight is something really cool. Hopefully you guys stuck around with us. Um, and if you are listening on the audio only podcast, um, after the fact, after Tuesday night, you'll definitely want to go over to our websites. So princesses in the mouse, Disney travel and the DPI podcast are starting something new. And it's basically going to be a travel guide. Um, and Peter's giving me the excited eyes because we kind of talked about it and then I just kind of ran with it. Um, so basically what this travel guide is going to do is every month we are going to put out the prices for packages over the next basically year. Um, so we, we picked out some dates and really it's based off of kind of where we think that the crowd dates are going to be. So like, the first one that we're going to release tomorrow morning, um, so Wednesday morning at 6 a.m., the dates are going to be for Christmas of this year, spring break of next year, the beginning of summer break next year, um, the 50th anniversary, and then Christmas of next year. So a lot of cool dates out there. And basically what we've done is we've found the lowest price value resort, lowest priced moderate resort, and lowest price deluxe resort for each one of those times. Um, so the packages are going to run Thursday through Monday, four day ticket, two adults, two kids. Um, and it was really interesting doing this. I'm, I'm running with two mice right now. Um, because if you're looking at spring break next year, book now, it seems to be like absolute optimum pricing. It is lower than summer break right now. Um, you can get into a deluxe resort. You can get into Saratoga Springs right now for less than what you will pay for a moderate resort at Christmas this year. And that's pretty cool. I mean, it's, it's really, really good. Um, so definitely something you guys are going to want to check out. And then as we do this, um, the goal is to possibly have like a one-hour travel show once a month that's basically just talking about Packages, deals, discounts, flights, everything on the travel side so that you guys know what's coming up, who's releasing what, when, you know. And as we start seeing trends and pricing, you're going to see those on our website as well. So definitely jump over there, give it a look, let us know what you think. And if you are looking to price something out, fill out the form on our page. It doesn't you know, bind you to anything. It's just something that says, Hey, I want to talk to you guys about possibly booking a trip. And this is what I want to do. So it gives us the idea of what you're, where you're going, what you want to do and all that kind of stuff. So definitely want to do that. So, um, let me flip over to the site real quick. So you guys can see it at the bottom of the page here. So this is what this is going to look like. It's package package entry rates by tier. Um, and it's really just a bar graph and kind of shows you how much money you're going to be spending, um, at each one of those locations right now. Now, granted, no dining packages right now, no travel costs incurred in this at, 
either. So this is strictly for hotel and park tickets. Um, a couple of things that I ran into when running this. So, of course, All-Star resorts are not open until early next year. So we use Caribbean Beach for Christmas of this year. And then surprisingly enough, there is not a lot available for Christmas next year. And I don't know if they're going to start opening things up as it gets closer. But we actually had to go to the Contemporary and get a, a standard view garden wing room as the cheapest deluxe room for Christmas next year. Um, another thing that we noticed is that Pop Century and basically everything that looks at the Magic Kingdom is gone around the 50th anniversary. So if you are wanting to go there and stay on a monorail resort, you're probably going to be looking at the other side of the resort. Um, so just be prepared for that. Um, but a lot going on, and this this is going to give you some really good price breakdowns on what's available um, and what it's looking at price-wise right now. Like I said, right now to get into uh, Saratoga Springs for spring break, so this is going to be March 11th to March 15th, $3,542.92, which is an absolutely fantastic price for a deluxe resort. So it is, Peter, you're absolutely right. There are, um, you know, especially, you know, we've talked about this before, the fact that they're running spring break discounts this early and with as big of discounts as they have up to 35% off on deluxe rooms, uh, it, it, it is obvious like Disney wants to ensure their long-term viability. They would like to start planning and figuring things out and, um, yeah, and and again, what you said before, you know, filling out the form, having the conversation, heck, even booking with the with the guarantee that Disney's got right now, the book with confidence program that they're running. I mean, you can two days before be like, nope, don't like it, and have your money back. So, um, you know, fantastic stuff. Uh, I really love this aspect. Like Matt said, he just kind of he mentioned it last time we talked, and. Now there's a whole website page on it. So that's, that's awesome. Um, so looking forward to continuing to work with this. Um, there are, there are definitely good prices out there to, uh, to find and um, utilizing, utilizing somebody who knows how to kind of wade through it all and, and check through it all with you um, is definitely an advantage as well. So uh, really looking forward to that new venture, that new aspect. Yeah. So, uh, Really want to end it now. So I want to say no, thank no, you to everybody no, that joined no. us tonight. We did run a little bit long, which I kind of figured we would. We had a ton of stuff come out over the last week. And then with the addition of kind of our new side of the website, um, we wanted to make sure we spent enough time on everything. So thank you very much for staying with us tonight. Um, if you are listening on the Audio Only podcast, thank you very much. Definitely want to share, like, and get the word out about the podcast. We are um, starting to pick up some steam and we're really excited about that. So definitely thank you.